0: good evening again to Sunday night local Um, this is the fourth in the series of the armor of God and I just hope that uh, this one will pull everything together it will all make sense Um, but before uh, we do that I just want to go back over um, that which is the um, pivotal series of verses that refer to the armor of God and that is in Ephesians 6 um, from 10 through to 18. So I'm pulling the whole lot together. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armour so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So we've got to understand where we position ourselves on that, because if we're fighting heavenly, in the heavenly realms, then we must be operating in the heavenly realms. And we can only do that as spirit beings. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armour so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Now, the time of evil, it may just be a temptation. It doesn't have to be a world catastrophe. It doesn't have to be the Great Tribulation. It could be any time when we are beset with evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing, still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armour of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil, put on salvation as your helmet and take the word of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So that is the the verses that have been spoken of probably now for four weeks in a row. Um, Hopefully um, those will start to become uh, verses that you memorize, that you realize the significance of. Um, And this week I want to just round it all up. um, But look at one part of the armour that we probably ignore more than any. Um, We know that um, the number seven um, is the number of completion. So it wouldn't be a surprise if there are seven aspects of the armour of God. And in that respect, um, I don't want to uh, lessen the last part of that um, series of verses because I think in many respects, it is the most critical and the most neglected. So, look, let's just have a look, see, and recap. Um, we've got to look at the appropriateness of our armour. If you remember a few weeks ago, I was talking about um, some battles that were fought where the, um, they were defeated because their armour was inappropriate for the situation. Um, we are fighting a spiritual enemy, so we must use spiritual warfare. Um, and we are spiritual beings. Uh, sometimes we don't behave like them. Sometimes we think we have a choice, (laughs) Um, but uh, John 3, 6 to 8, says flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my sayings. You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. Now, when you become a Christian, you are now born of the spirit. You are no longer defined by the laws of sin. You are now in relationship with God. Um, You have um, the word death really means separation. So when you are, when Adam died, he died spiritually. He was separated from God. When we are born again, it is the rebirth of our spirit. Not that it didn't exist, but it was separated from God. And now we have um, union with Christ through our spirit. The problem is our soul, which we've had since we were born, um, has had preeminence until the point of time when you become born again. And then there is a battle that goes on. Not that you've got two natures. You are now have the nature of Christ. You do not have the nature of sin anymore, but our minds still have the problem in um, working through all of the rubbish that we've learned over the years. And that's why we need to be transformed into the likeness of Christ by the renewing of our minds so it's not about power or by might as i was mentioning it doesn't matter how brave you are when i gave the example of the polish army um uh, in world war ii it's not about being brave it's being powerful but in Zechariah 4 6 it says it's not about power or might but about my spirit saith the lord now we try to do things on our own strength so often but um, it has no it doesn't prevail in those spiritual battles We also looked about um, the appropriateness of preparation Um, and i wanted just to give another historical sort of storyline where if we don't understand the battle we don't understand our enemy we can be easily beaten now in 1854 in london um, near soho there was um, a thing called the broad street cholera outbreak and it was killing loads and loads of people and in fact cholera was a common thing because the sewage systems were not good. Um, the way of uh, cleaning up, for want of a better phrase, was antiquated uh, or didn't exist at all. Um, and when people got cholera, there was the prevailing view was that it was because the air smelt, that um, the rotten things by the River Thames or wherever caused the, the smell in the air and that then, um, caused um, sickness, and that theory was called miasma. And a lot of people believed it, yet, yet others thought, no, 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 there's something else that we don't actually know what it is, but it was really, it was called the germ theory. And a man called John Snow uh, researched that, and he did a scientific investigation, and he looked at where all the br- outbreaks were on a map, and he started seeing trends. And he realized that the major outbreaks were from, um, Two particular water supplies and uh, he traced those back and he cleaned that or re it and gave people different water and lo and behold the amount of cholera outbreak uh, reduced uh, less people died and it was years later that they finally understood and discovered bacteria now you see it doesn't matter and we do this you know um miasma Let's just clear the air. Let's make things all nice and pretty. Let things smell nice and we'll fix all the problems. Let's just be nice to people. Um, Let's be socially relevant um, because then that's that's how we're going to make things okay. Well, the truth of the matter is we're fighting a spiritual battle and we're trying to do it by making things on the surface look okay. And uh, maybe it's an unfair analogy because I'm sure it's stank around the River Thames. But that's what we try and do around our lives. Sometimes we just try and spray stuff to make it all all the problems go away. But it's understanding who our real enemy is. So over the um, the last three weeks, uh, I um, three weeks back now, yeah, I looked at uh, two aspects: the belt of truth, um, the fact that um, Jesus is the truth. Um, we shall know the truth, and the truth shall set us free. John eight thirty two. Um, I touched on the fact that it says girding your loins with truth. So um, that's where our creativity comes from. What do we birth? What do we birth in our life by what we believe? Uh, So uh, we create worlds around us based on our belief systems. So let's create a world around us that is based on the word of God. And we'll have a very, very different outcome to many of us of what we have. Uh, The second thing was the breastplate of righteousness. It's secured by truth. It's secured by the belt. It's our right standing with God um, and it's guarding our hearts. Um, Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence or guard your heart. For out of it are the issues of life. Now, we don't protect ourselves so often. We leave ourselves vulnerable. We We react to things. But it's from our heart position. And we've got to protect that with righteousness, right standing with God, living a holy life, being sanctified. That's what is our breastplate of righteousness. Um, so those were the first two from week, from week two. Uh, last week, Pastor Steve spoke about the um, shodding your feet with the shoes of, of the gospel of peace. And there were two main aspects of that. There was the fact that the shoes had like football studs so you could stand firm if any of you particularly uh, young children who've gone and played football on a muddy playing field with ordinary shoes on you're slipping and sliding everywhere you're not very effective Um, an athlete running a hundred meters needs spiked shoes because the grip is better so uh, that's important to understand the relevance of that in a battle but also um, it's the gospel of peace living in peace now what is the antithesis of peace it's anxiety Now, how many of us, through what we allow in our hearts, are living in anxious times? Well, we may be living in anxious times, but we have to live in peace uh, because the truth of God overrides all of that. Now, this is a part of the armour. And when we get to the end of today's session, we'll see how significant all of those bits play together to um, enable us to be successful in battle uh the second thing that pastor steve spoke about was the shield of faith the fact that we have to hold it up it's no good at dragging behind us if you look at goliath he had an armor bearer um he needed you know until he had it it was no good uh so we must hold up the shield of faith the arrows will be coming from different angles so you have to hold it up to protect yourself um and i know pastor steve showed that diagram of them almost acting like um Um, an armadillo protected armor all over the body Uh, and quenching the flaming arrows now those flaming arrows are temptations how do they do they rest do they land do they burn and or do we brush them off do we quench them Uh, so but all of that is great but how do we do all this what is the foundations of enabling us to be effective soldiers and to fight battles whatever time of the day so for this week we're going to touch on actually three um, topics um, as I said I believe there's seven parts of the armor so we've covered four today and now we're going to go into the fifth sixth and seventh so number five is putting on salvation as your helmet now of course we know and some people um, <laughs> may say to others that they have less of it than other people but that's where our brains are located that's where our that's where our thinking and our intelligence originates from through our brain Um, but um, we've got to realize that it's about salvation so it's protecting our minds but also we've got to understand what salvation actually means um, and where it comes from um in acts 4 12 it said there is salvation in none else but god for god has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved and that of course is is jesus christ so our salvation comes through christ alone Um, we've sang at church over the years christ alone my cornerstone Um, whatever anybody else says there are many ways to heaven jesus is very clear no man comes to the father except through the son now there are f- understanding of that may be complex but we can't start diluting it to fit our own theories we are saved through christ alone now in john 14:6 we know that jesus is the way the truth and the life so we have to recognize that and then and we can't start looking for alternative options to get our salvation if we're ignoring the significance and the truth of what Christ has done for us um, 1 Timothy 2 4 says God wants us to come to a knowledge of the truth we have to know Christ personal and that's where one aspect of this seven pieces of the armor comes to absolute evidence um, we need a confident hope we need to be persuaded we need to have a confident hope hope Hebrews 6.19 says that. So it's all about having that confidence and assurance that we are saved. Um, And you can only do that by knowing the truth and knowing the author of truth and and living it. Uh, The word salvation um, in Greek is the word sozo. Um, Now, for many, salvation is put my hand up. I'm now on my way to heaven. I am saved. But there are three aspects of being saved. There is, I have been saved. I, I have been saved from the consequences of sin because we've handed our lives over to Christ. We are being saved because of the effects of sin in and around us. And we will be saved from the presence of sin when we enter into God's kingdom in a future age um, where sin in heaven whether heaven is on earth or or otherwise, the, where um, there is no sin, there is no presence of sin. The devil has been cast away, and we are now living in full righteousness because there is nothing to um, to distract us and nothing to tempt us. Um, but sozo means a lot, lot more than just being saved. Um, in Jesus, in the Bible, quotes. The word salvation 32 times and it's the word sozo now 75 percent of those times he said it it related to deliverance and healing i mean the word sozo has a number of meanings it means eternal life forgiveness prosperity deliverance and healing and 75 percent of the times that jesus used it he was actually talking about deliverance and healing the gospels 56 times refers to the word sozo and 77 percent of those are about deliverance and healing so being saved isn't saying well i've got the helmet of salvation on i'm going to heaven it's a lot more than that because it's about recognizing that we are fighting a battle today and we have to look for deliverance from situations habits the renewing of our mind the breaking down of footholds that the devil may get in our life by wrong living, that the uh, strongholds that get set up in our mind that gets us into habits and downward spirals and we keep praying and, I'm sorry, Lord, I didn't want to do this, and then you do it again and again, and it's that vicious sin-repent cycle. That is the battleground. That's where we are to be saved because we are to be delivered, even with sickness and disease. We are to be saved from that. It's not a given. God does not give us sickness to teach us lessons. He doesn't do it to help us grow. It's of the pit of hell. And we have to come against that. But we have to be operating in the armour of God to do it. Because the helmet of salvation has a much broader context than just looking at going to heaven. So um, that's the first. It protects our minds. And are we protecting ourselves by what we what we um do we take all things captive, do we control and and not allow things that land to take root? Um, you know we've got a garden and there's some plants that pop seeds now you can't stop them popping and landing on the ground, but when you see a weed, you can dig it up, or when you see a a plant growing in the wrong place, you can pull it up don't let it take root because sometimes when the roots are so deep um, it really um really is a job to get them up Uh, so that's the helmet of salvation Uh, the next um, is the sword the sword of the spirit which is the word of god now jesus is the breath of the spirit Um, jesus used it in matthew 4 4 when he was being tempted and he said thus saith the lord and he would quote the scripture back but it was a real live representation he didn't get out the torah and quote from it but he applied it to his specific situation and again in greek there are two words that mean word there is the word logos which is the written word so of course we need the written word of god because that's our that's our handbook i was going to say that's our bible but that is our basis for knowing the very general um purposes of god so that is that's it that's a given but we also need the spoken word of god the live real um active and relevant to the moment word of god which is called the rhema word of god now when jesus is speaking and when we look at ephesians when it uses the word the word of god for the sword of the spirit it is talking about the rhema word of god now if it's an active live word of god We've got to be able to hear it. Um, Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to divide the soul from the spirit. It is absolutely critical that we're able to hear God. Because how are we going to operate in the Rima word if we are so busy and our lives are so confused that we never take time and train ourselves to perpetually um, learn how to hear God's voice um, just as a, a little deviation um, and it's not necessarily a good one in some respects but many years ago um, I joined the police force um, as a special and um, I went I wasn't going to church at the time and on a Sunday morning I used to go to um, taijutsu lessons for self-defense training and you learnt how to defend yourself if somebody attacked you with a knife or try to punch you and you could swing and block and um you had to do it hundreds of times to um to, so it became second nature um but there was there was one occasion where i was at home in the kitchen and glennis came up to me and and um joking around like just put her hand forward and i just swiped it was just a, an immediate reaction now it's not very nice i wasn't beating her i wasn't it didn't end up with any black eyes um if it did or should have, it probably should have been me, Um, but it's just that you must practise the use of your armour and your weapons to be effective. They are not something that you leave in a box and pull out once in a blue moon to um, polish off um, when it's far too late, um, to then start looking for the bullets in the cupboard. Um, You've got to be ready and prepared. Um, So there's one really important aspect of this that um, I can remember years ago um, in church, we would sing and it was an adaptation of it. It was Psalm 149 verse six and it said, well, the song was let the high praises of God in our hearts and a two-edged sword in our hand. Now, praise is a very, very powerful part of the sword of the spirit because it is like a two-edged sword in our hand. So when you're looking at how can you outwork, outwork um, using the sword of the Spirit, you can start with praise. There may be some specifics that God gives us to talk into situations. Yes, and that will be based on the, the Holy Spirit bringing to our memory the things that are written in the word of God. They will be specifics in relation to events that's going on around us. But of course, we also need to be appraising people. When the armies went out to battle, they were in the front of the armies was the the worship group. They were going out with all their instruments and singing because it's the praise of God is the strongest weapon and it is the sword of the spirit. Um, Now this sword and I may get the pronunciation wrong was called a machaira or machaira and it is a very short sword. It's the type of ones for close combat where you may use the the shield to push away and then you use the sword to dig in um, behind the armour that people may have been wearing. So this is for close combat. It's not having those 10-foot spears where the person can never get near you. It is very, very um, relevant and very adaptable for close combat operations. And that's what the Romans were very skilled in. They had those short swords for close combat operations. And working as a team they were able to maneuver people um, to get access to and win win the battle so as I said and you would have seen it in many films where you see particularly martial arts films where they're practicing techniques for days and months because it has to be second nature nature so when you're using the sword of the spirit it has to almost be second nature you need to practice it so that's number six And that's where many times the discussions on the armour of God stops. But I want to go on to the seventh one, which is on verse 18. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent. So don't get ambushed. (laughs) Um, Don't ignore intelligence. When God's speaking to you, if you're not hearing, you're going to miss the message. Um, If you're too busy, you're not going to be aware of circumstance where you could be ambushed. And like I like to do, I wanted to give you just two or three examples of where intelligence or understanding of the situation was inappropriate. Um, The first one, um, the Battle of France in 1940. The French had put all their trust in the Maginot Line. And when you look at the map of France, Germany, Belgium, Um, They protected their border, (laughs) the France-German border, but they didn't protect the France-Belgian border because, well, you can't put a wall up against our allies. So the Germans just went round the Maginot Line. It never actually fired a shot in anger. It was of completely no use because they were ambushed in not understanding the walls of the the enemy. Um, Pearl Harbor in 1941, the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, There was a lot of um, intelligence going around um, that there may be an impending Japanese attack, but people ignored it um, at their peril because they weren't prepared. Uh, Although conspiracy theory around the Twin Towers, um, there is arguably evidences of information coming in that that gave an indication that there may be an air attack but it was ignored. So how much does God speak to us and we're ignoring it? Um, A few weeks back at the Wednesday night worship meeting near the end, um, and Pastor Steve would be hearing this, um, near the end uh, Steve got up and said look I've got a word for somebody Um, and I thought that's for me and this is before he had even spoken it and uh, basically he said um There is a person here, now there could have been more than one, who God's trying to tell you something important, but you're too busy. And my life since last March 2020 has been very busy. And I thought I knew it (laughs) Uh, because you've got to take time aside. Um, I know my daughter Ellie and my daughter-in-law Jenny spend a lot of time waiting on God, taking time out to let God speak into their lives. And, and I thought, I'm not doing that. I'm too busy. So I don't hear God and t- what he wants to tell me. So God has given us clear, uninterrupted, pure communication to be able to relate to him. Now, we need, of course, to take time out to rest ourselves, to take time aside and wait on God, to listen to God. But we also have the ability to speak to God, obviously in prayer, but equally in the prayer language of speaking in tongues where it is unconfused very precise and very to the point so we should um, recognize the importance of prayer and the truth of the matter is and come on be honest most of us don't there may be few on this call that say I spend three hours a day in prayer um, many of us will say five ten minutes at best Um, if you look at how many people turn up to the prayer meetings the passion for prayer is something that the church generally is really suffering from yet when you look at revivals in the past there were two major things that drove um, success in revival holiness and prayer and we've got to become a praying people a prayer culture that drives God's intervention into situations Um, We know that um, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So even the other aspects of the shield of faith is based on hearing God's voice. Um, When we look at, we spent a number of weeks back looking at God's toolkit. Um, Now, how does God use his toolkit through us? And we think, well, you know, how does prophecy (laughs) actually come out of our mouths? It's because we hear God speaking. How does wisdom, how do we operate in wisdom without knowing the wisdom of God that's spoken into us? How can we give words of knowledge without hearing God speaking to us? We know that faith comes by hearing. Discernment is the same. Miracles and healings. How do we know know, Jesus only ever did what he saw his father do? And we don't operate like that. We do what we want to do. And then in the time of panic or at the end of the day when we're exhausted we give god five minutes now i'm not accusing anybody on the call (laughs) i'm just saying that's true of me because i know that what steve spoke about a few weeks back was definitely true of me so we've got to really seriously look at how big and that's why paul says at all times and in all occasions pray and you think well i can't be praying non-stop. I can't, I can't buy anything in Sainsbury's if I don't stop praying because I've got to speak to the, some people to buy some meat. But it's not that, it's a perpetual relationship, an open communication path with God. How many people do you see walking down the streets now with ear buds in or whatever they're called, listening to music and they're completely distracted from reality around them? Well in many respects we should be having that perpetual relationship with God because this, I think, is the most critical element of the seven pieces of the armour. If we do not operate in a prayer life that will change everything, then we will not hear God's word, we will not be prepared for battle, we will believe lies, we cannot operate in the, the, the gifts of the Spirit, because we are not hearing and we're not responding to God's prompting. So. Um, please, if there's nothing else that comes out of this, even if you forget the first six, (laughs) please look at prayer because that is utterly critical and in the truth of the matter is you will start operating in some of the gifts because you pray, because you're attuned to God's Word, you will naturally, God will start using you and you'll realise that you are putting up the, the shield of faith You are operating with the the shoes shod with the gospel of peace because you're allowing God to marinate your life and speak into you. Therefore, you are living in peace. He is the Prince of Peace. So we are in a battle. We are in a perpetual battle, even at nighttime. So we should guard our minds when we go to sleep. Um, It's a close quarter battle with a short sword. Um, it's a battle that we have to fight individually we can't fight somebody else cannot fight for us whether you like it or not when you become a Christian you became a soldier you've got to choose if you're going to be fit healthy and prepared or not and that is down to each of us as individuals the move towards pushing discipleship within the church the whole essence of that is to be prepared but you cannot avoid prayer prayer so um do we take thoughts captive or do we let them grow do we hold up the shield of faith when we get temptation thrown at us do we speak truth and life into situations do we know our identity in christ are we living in peace are we pursuing a sanctified life um don't be unprepared Practice the relationship with God through times of prayer, that it becomes second nature. Live in his presence. Those that dwell in the presence of the most high is critical. And we can only really effectively do that through prayer and taking time out and being spending time with God. The most important aspect of the armour, yet the one that is most underutilised. And we wonder while we're in defeat and we don't see miracles that we want to see. So are we fully equipped? Now, all of us are on a journey, but at least recognise the need. So I just want to finish in prayer on this final week with regards to the armour of God. I just want to say, Dear Lord, you love each one of us. You want the best for us, but you've equipped us to be able to fight battles. You've enabled us to put on your armour to fight battles and defeat the enemy. We are to force back the strongholds of Satan. The gates of hell will not prevail against us. And I just pray, Lord, that through the words spoken today and as people look into the Bible and spend time with you in prayer, that we individually will get that yearning and an unction to become effective, successful and prepared soldiers for you. I just pray pray blessing over everybody now that any tiredness or apathy that has crept in because of months and months of isolation and the normal life being changed, I come against that apathy now and I say be renewed in the fullness and strength of God that you can be a successful armour bearer, that you'll be a successful soldier and we over the coming months will see wonderful things operating by the Holy Spirit through us as individuals. I thank you Lord for this time and i thank you that um people have tuned in to listen Uh, and i just pray that it will be like a two-edged sword into their hearts that they will discern between soul and spirit they will know what is of you and what is not of you and i claim that in the precious name of jesus amen